This is Daizen Shubi X the podcast, episode 146, for the week of September 14th, 2008. Welcome to Dies in Shubiex. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fansite. Dies in Shubiex. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of... Enlightening. And a little bit of... Entertaining. Hey, the gang's all here. What's up, yos? Hey. Hey. We're a Motley gang. Getting in all sorts of trouble on the internet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Julian, what trouble are you into on the internet? Well, I don't know. I'm I'm just surfing the internet, really. So I guess I could be a one of those sketchy surfer stereotypes from the 50s before it became cool. I, I don't know. So you're an internet surfer, dude? Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> totally radical. What's up, man? You're over in Japan. It is Sunday morning for you, correct? That is correct. Nice. And tomorrow is a holiday, so I get off. Oh, sweet. What holiday is it? Keiro no hi, or Respect for Old People Day. So. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but That's it's kind of awesome. funny. Yes. So, you know. And you respect them by not going to work? Yes, of course. That's awesome. Well, they don't go to work because they're retired, right? Yeah, fair enough. What else is going on over there? You've, you had a cool weekend. You've been hanging out with people. Yeah, actually, yesterday I met up with a certain person who's been on the podcast before. I should explain that uh, Maggie, or number 18 on our forums, is over in Japan, in fact, in Osaka for about nine months, I believe. So uh, yesterday we got together and hung out in the city, which is Osaka, and met up with some of her friends and had some food and did some purikura, which is the crazy photographs that you might have seen before. Yeah, you sent me a couple of them. <laughs> I opened them up. Mary's like, why are there drawings all over them? <laughs> why are there lasers coming out of their like eyes? lasers and a pig nose and all sorts of shit on them. Jeff's That's looking the point. Like really confused. I, I gotta pull it up for Jeff. What? I, you can do that? Their photo booths are crazy. What the hell? So... It's kind of hard to see, Jeff, but uh, like, there's a pig nose up here, there's stars, there's a Godzilla monster breathing fire, and yes. I feel like I'm looking at either a bad ad from the 80s or like a poorly constructed ransom letter. <laughs> what? <laughs> like they forgot to cut out letters, instead they just cut out like pictures from the ads and put them together. I gotta say, you look pretty badass though, Julian. I can't really Thank see you. it from here. I want to see badass Julian. I'll pass it over later. Aw, I want it now. I'm sorry. Having fun. Taking crazy pictures like you're 14 years old? Yes, basically. <laughs> it was cool. Good deal. All right, let me keep going around then and say hello to everyone. We got Mary over here. Hi. Julian as a member of Daizen Shui X, and we have Mary as a member of Temple of Trunks, and you're here on the weekend. You're like, sidekick. I'm here on the weekend? Yeah, for the podcast. I live here. I mean, well, <laughs> yes, I understand that. I mean, here being the recording. Oh, okay. Thing. I thought you meant physically in this space. <laughs> no. Oh, dear. Fine. I'm done with you. Oh, Moving on. No, okay. do you have anything cool? No, I don't. I've been busy with wedding planning. All right. I don't want to talk to you anymore then. You're Jeff. fine. Hey, look, I oh made a butt. God. What the? <laughs> Never mind. Mary's entertaining herself with little clips that hold XLR cables. But. Oh, my. <laughs> So Julian's taking pictures like he's 14 years old. Mary's making a butt out of this little clip thing like he's 14 years old. Jeff, how about you? How are you? Doing? Are you acting your age today? I am playing video games like I'm 14 years old. Nice. You've been playing lots of the exact same video game. Four different kinds of the exact same video game, yes. You know, no, I hear shit. you have a good place to uh, talk about these things. Why, yes, you're right, but I'm trying to construct it in a very, um, how you say, 
better vocabulary method. Oh, right. <laughs> so I'm trying to sound all intelligent when I talk about this thing. But yes, I will definitely be using that forum of communication for talking about it. Nice. I'm overdue with a couple things on the site too. But Overdue? Jesus, you've been putting in more stuff. Andrew's overdue <laughs> yeah. for enough. everything. I was actually looking at your bios and it was like, insert something, something here. <laughs> I know, it's all half complete. That's fine. We'll get around to it. <laughs> oh, dear. Jeff, you're our buddy that comes on the show approximately once a month to talk about my Manga. Approx. It's yes. a magical time. Once a month. <laughs> it's a magical Jeff time once a month where Jeff comes to visit. Uh, yeah, you better uh, sync up your moon cycles, ladies. <laughs> it's the time of the month when Jeff is uh, making his rounds. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you just saying you had male PMS the other day? <laughs> yes, I, I, I guess some of that transfers back to me, unfortunately, maybe once a month or, or once in a blue moon, rather. I'm a full believer in male PMS. Me too. Julian, Thank you. how about you? Are you a believer? I don't know. You I've never believe. thought about this before i guess i do <laughs> you cannot be immune to the to the male pms it's just if you, you're in denial if you if you can't i swear to god we're gonna talk about dragon ball <laughs> oh god when today anyway <laughs> yes at some point today let's really? talk about that stuff oh the show these various things oh right uh my name's mike vegeto ex and i'm gonna keep these rat bastard 14 year olds under control yeah woo yeah woo. <laughs> wait what? <laughs> Anyways, so this is episode 146. Last week was the first episode of a new month, which is usually a manga review of awesomeness. But because last month we were delayed in getting that out, we decided to push this back a little bit. But because Jeffrey here, it's a manga review of awesomeness this week, right now, right here. Right now, right here. It's on. Let's do this. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> cool. So we are up to volume 19, or if you're going by the viz, that is DBZ volume 3. We're going to talk about that. Review, analysis, all the good things. And we got the whole group here to do the whole episode, so I am very excited about that. We got news, we got releases, we got the topic, like I said, we got emails, all that regular stuff. But before we get to the regular stuff, let's talk about the stuff stuff. Mary? Yeah? Got a pile of CDs sitting over there. Oh, yes. Some old, some new? Yes. I suppose. You actually probably don't even know what that uh, second one on the stack there is. Ah, Annie, Anna Melody Night. Yes. Wild Strawberry. I got another CD of cover songs. Ah. We're going to talk about music next week. Next week is actually going to be AWA. We'll be out of town, but I'm going to record something ahead of time and try to have an episode to put up. Well, when we get back, we'll do some music reviews next week, but we'll talk about that later. But the Burst Limit soundtrack came in. I started listening to it. We'll have some thoughts on it. That'll be the review for next week. So that's my stuffage going on. Oh, Jeff. Yes. Totally unrelated to this show, but it's stuff and it's here and I want to talk about it. There's another thing sitting under that keyboard over there. If you listen to the latest episode of VG Convos, which is coming out this weekend, I believe, you will hear all about this one particular game. Yes. And I decided to get it. <laughs> and if I recall, when you came in, you looked at it and said, oh, right, that's the one I played. Yeah, yeah, actually, it, it turns out that... Um, apparently the one I had played more often was the uh, Genesis version of Aladdin, not the SNES. It was actually, I, I realized why I'd said that though. All right. Because I had a Nintendo Power subscription. Yeah, so and, you saw that one. Yeah, I think okay. it, it must have been like maybe they had a comic in there that I read all the time or something, like reread. Yeah. Because I always had the pictures and the screenshots of the SNES version in my mind. But looking at the Genesis one, I was like, wait a minute, I've actually played, played this one. All right. Yeah. Well, because I already have episode three all exported and encoded and everything, I can't put any corrections in, but it's here on this show. 
show recorded for all times that you were wrong. There, there's going to be an errata section on the VG uh, <laughs> we'll Convo's blog, so don't worry. There will be a cool. section for that. We'll plug all the podcast stuff later on. I think that's all my stuff. Julian, you got any stuffages going on? Um, over here? Yeah. Not that, I, mean, I just applied for the JLPT level one. Good deal. That's, that's about it. That's about it. All right, then. If that's all the stuffages, we got newses. First thing we got going on, Mary, I can see you looking over at this stuff. Yeah, I have no idea what it is, but it's pictures, so it's cool. It, According it, to our outline, it says Jump Anime Tour Character Models from uh, Wasted Wisher, a user on the forum. Yes. Um, so what are these character models? Supposedly, these are the official character model sheets for the upcoming thing that Julian, are you going to see? Do you know? Probably not, but you're trying? I, it's... Frustrating. I finally figured out how to apply the day of the Osaka deadline. Ooh. And it turns out that the application for free tickets for the Jump Super Anime Tour were in the issue of Jump that came out while I was traveling at the beginning of August. Ah! So I didn't pick up that issue. <laughs> sucks. Maybe you can try to yeah. get press passes or something. I don't know if I can. Maybe I could just stand outside the theater and beg. <laughs> Yeah, and be like, I'm in. white, I want to see it, please let me in. Oh, dear. Anyways, Julian, these are character sheets for... For the Jump Super Anime Tour special of the new Dragon Ball thing. That's right. Now, I'm looking through these. I don't really have any official confirmation. I just have, you know, someone's <laughs> word that these are what they are. But we do have character sheets for th these other table. characters. Ta no, not table. 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 Yes, okay. And we also have some new characters like Akka, apparently, which looks like a almost a Dodoria-esque monster, but with an antenna similar to some of the other ones. And, you know, character sheets for lots of other people like Marin and Vegeta and even Oolong and everyone. And wearing things that they weren't wearing all the time during Yes. Like, what was that random like Goku and an axe? picture I was just looking ooh, at. Ooh, I Goku look. too. And like Kuririn wearing the traditional gi, which I don't think he was in at any point during the series at that time. Right. So, I mean, what do you say about these? I don't have anything other than someone's word on this. And there's a lot of them, though, and they look pretty good. What do you think? I like them because they're pictures. I like new Dragon Ball art, even though it looks kind of weird mm. and sketchy. I'd say that whoever, if it wasn't official, whoever did make them obviously speaks Japanese and has a lot of free time on their hands. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> there's a lot of them, though. I, I don't know. They're looking pretty good to me. Pretty legit. Yeah, I mean, we'll absolutely see when the special comes out. You know, if any of these other characters really, you know, come in there, I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Tranks. Tranks. All right, so we'll put some of these up on the homepage for you guys to check out if you haven't already seen them on the forum in other places. Move on to some video game things. Talk about Dragon Ball DS and Infinite World. Achari recently had uh, one of their little press events, they call it like a Gamer's Day kind of thing, which we didn't get an invite to. I'm a little sad about that. Maybe it's because I never say good things about Atari. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, maybe that is something to maybe. do with it. I don't know. Anyway, so IGN, Kotaku, all the regular places were out there checking out the games. A couple little things about uh, Dragon Ball DS. Um, they said Atari describes it as a mix between The Legend of Zelda, Phantom Hourglass, and Eco. 
Huh? <laughs> I figured that would get your attention, Jeff. Comparing a Dragon Ball game to something by Team Eco. What do you think? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I thought that quote was hilarious. <laughs> what do you? Are you trying to impress me or something? I, <laughs> I know it's like name dropping. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, we played Eco. Sure. This is just like it's Citizen just like Kane that. and Apocalypse Now and 2001: Space Odyssey. It's epic, man. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a good game. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Dogasu, our buddy who runs. Pokemon site uh, is actually over in Japan as well, and he's got a Wii over there, so he downloaded the demo that was on the Minna no Nintendo channel, and he put up some thoughts over on our forum, so I'll link you over to that. It was, like a <laughs> <laughs> it was like a little specific level they have for the demo there. You can check out Chi-Chi's involved there, so read along. We'll talk about Infinite World right now. This is what seems to be an upgraded version of the Budokai series and Shin Budokai, Dimps, who worked on all that, working on this. Uh, good news for fans, it is indeed going to have a Japanese voice track available. Coming out for the PS2, still Japanese voice track, very happy. And apparently it's also going to have the capsule system that the Budokai series was known for, and it will go all the way through GT. So, uh, you know, if you're into the Budokai games, good stuffages there. A couple more video game things. Mary, turn this one over to you. We've got some infograms over in Europe news. Alright, is this a press release that I'm looking at? Yes, it is. Alright, well let's read this thing. Namco Bandai and French publisher Infograms announced a strategic partnership that will see the two companies cooperating on distribution of their titles in Europe and Asia, and they'll offer the same services for other third-party publishers. Infograms, parent company of Atari, agreed to regroup its distribution operations into a standalone entity that will have exclusive distribution rights for all Namco Bandai and Infogrames products in Europe and Asia. Namco Bandai, Bandai? I keep switching my pronunciation. <laughs> has, a, to be Bandai. has acquired a 34% stake in the new business with Infogrames retaining the rest. Namco Bandai has never operated more than a token presence in Europe with its titles published by a variety of first and third party publishers including Sony, Nintendo, Atari, Ubisoft and Electronic Arts. The new company is expected to increase the revenues and profitability of Infogrames' distribution operations by establishing distribution contracts with multiple, but so far unnamed, publishers. The new business is valued at 95 million euros and is expected to be up and running before the end of February 2009. I am delighted that this transaction strengthens our outstanding partnership with Namco Bandai, one of the industry's greatest creators and publishers of video games, and is a significant development in Infogrames' reinvention. Says David Gardner, CEO of Infogrames. The agreement will give Infogrames a guaranteed and strengthened product portfolio and provide us additional means to invest in new product development for packaged and online markets. What safe statements to say? <laughs> Actually, I don't know that this is the full press release. I pulled it from Gamasutra, so credit over there. Okay. But it looks like Atari, well, more Infogrames, is even more getting into bed with Namco Bandai. You know, they've been handling the uh, the Dragon Ball games, but if they're going to get even more closely tied here, even if it's just in Europe, which is where Infogrames is based, that's some really nice uh, revenue for them getting you know, more and more you know anime-based games, Shonen Jump stuff, so good on them for partnering. I guess it seems to be working out pretty well based on Dragon Ball alone. Any mm. uh, other thoughts on Infogrames, Atari, Europe? Thoughts on seems Europe? Like they Go Europe! Uh, what the <laughs> yes, the band. <laughs> well, I don't know, you know, it was the 80s. Uh, so anyway, no comment. <laughs> All right. We're going to keep it over in Europe. 
Good times over there, apparently. Some French box set stuff. There's actually so much information on this, I really don't know how to coherently and concisely go through it. But Sangofe over on our forum has been keeping up pretty good with this. We also got an email from Kibi, who's the webmaster of daily-mag.fr, who's uh, been putting up all the pictures and descriptions of all this. And he dropped us a line. He was just like, you know, thanks for all the traffic that you guys have been sending us. Fan of the site and checking it out. And I don't speak English very well, so I don't want to post on the forum, but I check it out all the time so uh very excited to continue pointing people over there so i'll link to some forum threads and uh the website over there daily mag and you can check out all the things going on with the dragon ball movie box sets over there kind of weird it looks if i remember correctly from what i read the first set was widescreen the second set is full screen which is kind of strange but whatever it's europe it's like their version of funimation over there i suppose ab messing things up that's all i got for news oh there, there's some actually really big news that it's not that it's not on my radar because I do keep up with it but not to like a really really in-depth degree like I'm really trying not to get really 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 heavily involved with it that's a live-action movie there were shots <laughs> from the trailer that came out did you guys see any of this stuff no no I saw one of them yeah what do you think disheartening <laughs> a little bit why what did it look like uh, just pick a lot kind of looks like James Marsters but oh, oh the fact that he's not green yeah that seems to be a lot of uh, what? On, on people's minds I did a search on Twitter the other day I went to tweetsearch.com and I was I just typed in DBZ to see what people were talking about Brazil is all aflame with the fact that Piccolo is not green in this movie that's a oh my <laughs> fucking god are they it's throwing a riot the in Brazil <laughs> but I, I, I can't I don't understand why why is he not green oh, we don't know it could just be some of the shots the light I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm trying really hard not to get very, very heavily involved with it. Because, you know, there are plenty of other sites and blogs out there that are covering it perfectly well. You can go check that out. I think I will do that. All right, you go do that, Jeff. I will be back. Go! Get out of here! Go! Go look up the trailer. Don't do the review without me. All right. Uh, that's it for news. Let's do the review. <laughs> Come back, Jeff! We are up to volume 19 of the Dragon Ball manga. This is chapters 217 to 228. And if you're looking at your English release and going, where is my Dragon Ball 19? I have Dragon Ball Z 19. That is not it. We are Dragon Ball Z volume 3 by The Viz. That would be DBZ chapters 23 to 34. So... We got everyone here. What we're going to do is uh, go through all the chapters in here. Little review, synopsis, that kind of stuffages. Then afterwards, we'll go around. We'll get all the opinions and uh, detailed analysis and speculation. And what else do we do? Stuff. Stuff. Bitch and moan. Predictions. Whine, complain. Love. Put action oh, yes. figures in compromising positions. You know, we never just, did just, change that. Just prophetic predictions. That's right. I yeah. do remember what you said last time, Jeff. So <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, I remember too. All right. So I will start it off here with chapter 217. Nappa finishes powering up, rushes in, and chooses Tenshin Han to attack. Ten blocks the first swipe, but loses most of an arm in the next. Nappa flies overhead and kicks Tenshin Han down to the ground. Kididin tries to rush over to Tenshin Han to help him out, but Nappa fires a blast towards the ground, creating a massive hole. Shatsu seems to have been caught in the blast, but appears behind and latches onto Nappa. Shatsu says goodbye to Tenshin Han and blows himself up, apparently taking Nappa in the process. Dot dot dot. 
Except it didn't work, and Nappa emerges from the smoke mostly unscathed. I'll do another one here. 218. Goku is still flying back, not getting there fast enough. Nappa is content with the killing process so far, though. Tenshin is beginning to lose it, noting that Chaozu has already been brought back before, and so that's it this time. Piccolo mentions to Kudadin that Nappa is open the instant he attacks, and they will hop in right then. Vegeta says that's a great plan. Piccolo mentions Goku, which really doesn't ring a bell with Vegeta just yet. We'll get back to that. Nappa attacks, so Piccolo and Kudadin jump in. Even Tenshin Han surprised. Piccolo swipes him, Kudadin overhead slams him, and Gohan will fire, but chickens out and does nothing. He's only five, isn't he? Yeah, but he's supposed to be strong. <sighs> Piccolo and Kudadin fire their own blast, but they were too late and Nappa is able to dodge it. While Nappa shit-talks to them, Tenshin Han is on the ground muttering to himself he's going to avenge Shoutsu, and he fires an enormous Kikoho. While he mostly caught Nappa off guard, it wasn't enough. Nappa is still there, Tenshin Han collapses, and Kudadin screams for Goku to hurry up. Mary, take me on to 219. So Nappa is completely fine after that Kikoho and it's confirmed that Ten Shin Han is actually dead. Kudadin screams for Goku yet again, and Vegeta actually listens this time. He's starting to catch on. Something's up. Nappa says he'll let Piccolo live for at least a little while so he can learn more about the Dragon Balls. Kudadin says Piccolo's lucky. He doesn't realize, you know, everyone else knows about the Dragon Balls, too. Also, uh, he asks how confident he is, which Piccolo responds, he's not confident at all. He's way outclassed. Ooh. Meanwhile, Kamisama seems to sense that uh, he's gonna die soon. Nappa rushes in to kill them, but Vegeta yells stop! He asks for clarification if Son Goku is indeed Kakarot, which he is, and uh, seems he actually did come back to life, but Goku's not there yet, so what the hell's going on? Everyone's convinced he'll show up. They're gonna wait three hours to see if Goku shows up, because, you know, Vegeta and Nappa want to see how awesome he is. Nappa doesn't care and wants to kill them now, so he rushes in again, but Vegeta screams again for him to stop, which he does, and apologizes for getting carried away. They end up waiting around for a bit. Gohan apologizes for being such a pussy. Piccolo figures out that Vegeta is way stronger than Nappa, and everyone stands around and just waits it out. But Goku doesn't show up in time, so Vegeta says, Okay, let's continue. Jeff, why don't you do 220? 220. Right, well, it's time to continue the fight. Piccolo has a plan. Kuruden's gonna distract Nappa so that he can rush in and go get behind him and grab his tail, and then Gohan will attack head-on full force. So Kamisama suddenly senses Goku, who has just reached the end of the road. He teleports to Enma Dios, grabs Goku, and teleports back. Enma is shocked that Goku actually made it back, to be honest. Goku rushes off and jumps down. Karin spots him falling and tosses him the last two sensu beans that he has. Goku eats one and calls for a kintoun and flies off to the large energy mass. Kuruden rushes in. Vegeta figures they have a plan, and looks like he's going to attack, but fires below to the ground and shoots himself up into the air. Pick Piccolo appears behind Nappa and grabs his tail, so Gohan rushes in, ready to attack. They think they've got it all wrapped up until Nappa cracks Piccolo over the head with his elbow. Ouch. Vegeta laughs and says they've protected themselves against such a weakness. Jeff, keep going. 221. Piccolo's out cold, so Nappa turns his sights on Gohan. Kicks and smacks him around, but he gets back up. Nappa goes to attack Gohan again, but Kuririn jumps in and deals out a couple good hits, dodges away, and forms the Kienzan. Kienzan. He tosses it, and Nappa's going to just catch it or something, but Vegeta tells him to duck. Nappa nudges his head to the side and gets 
cut as it slices a mountain in the distance. Nappa throws a giant blast at Kudurin, which he manages to dodge, but the blast is enormous. Nappa is about to fire again to finish him off, but is blasted from behind by Piccolo. Vegeta laughs at this trouble Nappa's having, and while Nappa shit talks a little more, Piccolo senses an enormous key on its way. Goku is near. Julian, why don't you keep us going here? Alright. Piccolo seems rather excited that Goku is on his way. Vegeta picks up his scouter to see what's going on as Goku flies in, sensing not enough power. Vegeta says he'll be there in four minutes with a battle power of 5,000, which may actually only be the beginning since they can fluctuate their power. Nappa is ordered to kill them right now since they might be too much of a help for Kakarot, but it doesn't matter if they kill the Namekian because Goku's really back to life and the Dragon Balls are real and they'll just head off to Namek afterwards to see what's up. Gohan tells Piccolo to go and he'll hold him off until Goku shows up. Nappa rushes in and Gohan punches him into a mountain. Woo! Nappa is furious and says he's going to end these shenanigans. He fires what seems to be something horribly destructive towards Gohan, who is cowering in fear, when Piccolo suddenly jumps in front of the blast. Julian, keep it going, 223. Piccolo takes the entire brunt of the attack, which doesn't really seem to matter to Nappa, until Piccolo's still standing there afterwards. Piccolo tells Gohan to run and collapses onto the ground. Nappa's a little upset that he's been forced to kill out of order, but it really doesn't matter in the end. Piccolo says how pathetic he is to have died saving the life of a child, but it hasn't been all that bad spending time with him. Piccolo dies and Kamisama fades away. Gohan freaks out and fires a Masenko at Nappa, which Vegeta reads at 2800 power. But Nappa is able to deflect it off into the distance. Gohan has nothing left in him and Kuririn can't even get up to try and help. Nappa walks up and lifts a foot to crush Gohan and smashes it into the ground. But there's nothing there. Gohan pops up behind on top of Kintoun. Vegeta looks up into the sky and sees that Goku has arrived, greeting him as he lands. Keeping it going, I think this is 224 here. Goku stares them down. Kudadin and Gohan are glad he's back. Vegeta asks if he's here to do and say something stupid, like he's gonna defeat them. Goku walks right up, completely ignoring Nappa, and confirms that Piccolo is dead. He looks around and sees Tenshin Hans and Yamcha's dead bodies as well. Nappa acts all cocky and says there was another one who blew himself up. Goku then confirms that Chaozu and Kamisama are indeed both dead as well. Vegeta notices that Goku's battle power is steadily increasing. Nappa goes to punch Goku, but Goku just blinks and appears behind him, leading Gohan over to Kudadin, completely unfazed. Goku splits the last Senzu between those two. They want to help out, but Goku tells them to leave it to him. Goku is getting incredibly angry now, and even Kudadin can sense something's different, and tells Gohan to stand aside. Goku tells Nappa and Vegeta that he won't show any mercy and begins to power up. Vegeta reads him at 8,000, which Nappa believes has to be a mistake. Goku says not to worry. He won't even use the Kaioken on them yet. Nappa rushes in, but Goku appears behind him and kicks him to the ground. Next chapter, Nappa is getting furious, but Vegeta is wondering how Goku got so strong. Nappa tries again, but Goku dodges each and every single last attack and appears off to Nappa's side. Gohan and Kudadin were unable to see it at all, it seems. Goku rushes in and somehow appears standing on top of Nappa's head. Nappa goes to smack him, but Goku rushes down and nails him in the gut. He continues to attack, saying it was for one of his fallen comrades each time. Shoutsu, Yamcha, Tenshin Han, Piccolo. He even blocks one attack from Nappa without even moving. He just kind of stands there and does like this, I don't know, superhero pose. He lifts his arms up to the side. Nappa busts out from some rocks, absolutely irate beyond comprehension. Goku expected this much toughness, though. Vegeta screams for him to calm down and then says to himself that at this rate, he might even have to fight himself. All right, next chapter. Nappa says he's truly ready now, and so is Goku. He flings two fingers up, just like back when they first landed, and blows up the entire area in front of him. Goku seems to have dodged up into the air, so Nappa goes off 
after him. Goku dodges the attacks, but Nappa has one more. He opens his mouth and fires near point blank. Goku is somehow able to see it and react with the Kamehameha in time to cancel it out. Nappa and Vegeta are in total shock. Vegeta tells Nappa that he's done. Get down here. He's gonna have to find himself. Nappa tells Goku he's gonna be sorry, and he complies with the request, but he goes after Gohan and Krillin. There's no way Goku's gonna make it in time, so he uses the Kaioken. He bursts forward and nails Nappa in the back, and then flies around forward to catch him before he hits the ground. Goku flings him over to Vegeta and tells him to get lost. Vegeta realizes that somehow his power and speed just multiplied for an instant. Jeff, give me 227. Goku explains that with the Kaioken, everything surges for a little bit. Kuririn wonders why he didn't just do that in the first place. But we get a little flashback to Kaiosama explaining that if he takes it too high, it'll bust right out of his body and to therefore keep it to only going to twice his normal strength. Nappa is straining as he asks Vegeta for help. Vegeta takes his hand and flings him up into the air. Being that he's so useless, Vegeta fires a blast and kills him. Goku, who is up in the air holding back Kuririn and Gohan, tells them to head back to Kame House. Kuririn understands that Goku would just have to worry about them if they stuck around, so they'll go. But Kuririn tells him to go somewhere else so he doesn't destroy their friends' bodies in the coming fight. He's got a plan, but Goku's gotta win. Goku says goodbye to his friend and son, lowers himself down, and takes off into the distance with Vegeta. They land in a desert, and the fight is about to begin. Julian, finish me off, 228. Wait a minute, that sounds really weird. Julian, finish <laughs> it off, 228. <laughs> Jeez. Ew. Anyway, <clears throat> Vegeta says that they, Saiyajin, are tested at birth, and the weak ones are sent to planets with no challenges, like Kakarot was. After some brief banter, they strike their fighting poses and attack in color. <laughs> <laughs> Briefly. Lots of kicks and punches flown back and forth. It seems like Vegeta has the upper hand, and he wonders where the power that defeated Nappa was. Goku has to do it. He uses the Kaioken and gets in a good bit of attacking on Vegeta. However, Vegeta is still not all that impressed with it. Goku is a little concerned, but getting excited at the same time. And that finishes Volume 19 of the manga. Let's Woo! talk about stuffs. Uh, Julian, I'm going to go with you. Yeah. Uh, lots of things going on in this. Very, very heavy on death and destruction and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Where would you like to take this? Well, I think it's interesting that particularly with regards to the characters that he's basically kept alive through the previous series, he's starting to kill them off. Right. The author, that is. And it's really upping the sense of tension at this point. I mean, it hasn't kind of gotten to the ridiculous level where people die and come back to life every arc yet. So it's like, oh man, even Piccolo, geez. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. He's uh, almost not afraid to kill people off. Uh, Yamcha, Tension mm -hmm. Han, Chao Tzu, also Kamisama's dead here, Piccolo. I, I think that's mm -hmm. great to point out that we're not at the point where it's a gag almost. You know, Kudadin comes back for four times, whatever. So it's still kind of uh, heart wrenching at this point. Is that something you guys felt? Did you feel anything from these deaths, Mary and Jeff? Like I said in you know previous episodes, having seen the anime already, it's hard to get moved by anything, but I do really enjoy it. Yeah. So, no, I didn't really feel anything because I knew it was coming, but I'm right. still like, wow, this is still really good stuff. Jeff, how about you? I mean, you have a vague idea of things that happen in the series, and you were even mentioning to me that you remember some stuff in Doom Rider where, you know, Chatsu blew himself up. You're yep. going, oh, right, this is this. Yep. So, reading through it for the first time, how did you feel? Did you get anything from this? Uh, I got a lot out of this, actually. Uh, it was much more than in the last uh, volume when we saw Yamcha die. 
Right. I really didn't feel much at all about that, unfortunately, for Yamcha. Right. But okay. in this volume, it was like, you know, one body after the next. Uh-huh. And it was kind of harsh, man. I mean, it was like one thing after another. It just piled on. It was a pile of bodies in, right. this, in this volume. It really was. I'm actually curious. For someone like you who's been reading it, you know, well over a year now, straight through, you're very different from Mary and I when we first got into the series where we were introduced to Z. And, you know, we kind of knew. no characters. character bonding. Right. No, no years and years of bonding with these characters you do have that experience with them like it's a very it's just linear right so do you think that played a role in feeling something for their death actually i have to complain a little bit about that on that point okay uh, i kind of feel that especially when we watch the tv series yes they bring in much more drama when it comes to those scenes of of the connectedness between characters right i don't think the manga really shows that much at all okay it's, well let's talk about yeah. that we watch a couple scenes from the tv version briefly so i want to show you how they were a little bit different in the tv version we watched chaozu's death and tension han's death chaozu's is mostly the same a little extended no now has napa flying around yeah, smashing into the mountain the mountain smashing that kind of stuff a little more dialogue between Chaozu and Tenshin Han so Jeff tell me about that one a little bit did that do anything more for you is that pretty similar it's uh you know I, I kind of feel like the TV series did it uh, in one direction the manga does it in the other it's like uh-huh. one's over excited about it the other one's not like really going into it at all the manga it almost seems like Chaozu made a split second decision to just go do it right yeah, pretty much. And uh, I think that in the series, it just sort of, I don't know, has much more of an impact. Uh-huh. But you can kind of tell they didn't have really any scenes of, of bonding that they could show. So they kind of just made yeah, like some filler. Yeah, you know, Chatsu's been around for a while, but there's not a whole hell of a lot to show for it. Right. And so when, when you see that in the series, it's kind of like, well, I can understand that they had a bond, but I don't really feel anything. Yeah, that takes us into tension on death because they get that long, nice flashback with the violin piece. See, I like that. That was actually one of my favorite pieces of music in the series. I'm I'm so glad they put that in there. Yeah. It was really well done. I think it was a really well done yeah. scene. So that did more for you? That second piece did a lot more than the first one. The first one, I was like, I, that didn't happen anywhere. Like, I don't remember seeing that part. It's like I couldn't connect the dots anywhere. Right. Uh, in the manga, they didn't even do anything like that. It just sort of happens. You just have to deal with the shock, you know, really quickly and then go right into the rest of the of the scenario. I got to tell you, what actually does it for me in that scene is um, Hirotaka Suzuoki, who played Tenshin Han. The way he delivers that line of, this is my final Kikoho. Like, you can just, oh, God, I love that so, so much. And that's that very moment is when the music changes from the violin piece to that <laughs> more dramatic, overbearing, like, ominous piece. Right. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. I like the animation there, too. Yeah. Although part of it's kind of ruined for me, because in the back of my head, I'm still thinking, this three-eyed cowboy's <laughs> going in for one last ride. Right. It's horrible that I'm still falling back on a dub from ten years ago, right. ruining my scenes. Right. But it, it was much more extended in the TV. Version. Julian, you give me a little input on from what you remember the TV version versus the manga. It was just the TV version was like, oh, it's kind of sad to watch. It, I mean, I was first exposed to the TV version from the you just wait till it grows right, back kind right. of stuff. But even then, it was still kind of sad and I could sense that it was. Right. That's funny how, as much as that scene was destroyed in that dub, you could still sense yeah. what was originally there just through the animation alone. So maybe that mm. says a lot about what Toriyama at least put down there for a basis. I forgot to say that Piccolo. Death still gets me, even though I know it's coming. Yeah, totally. Let's just go through the deaths. We're up to Piccolo now. Uh, Yamcha was last volume, so we've got tension on Chaozu done. So Piccolo, it still gets you, Mary? Yeah. What about it? Because this is his first truly good act. 
Yeah. Ever as Piccolo. I mean, I guess he helped kill Raditz. Yeah. But, but that was also self-serving. <laughs> um, it's just like, oh, he's so nice to, to Gohan. Like, he's actually opening up so much here. And he says, you're the only person that's ever been nice to me. And it's like, oh, his feelings. Oh, no. <laughs> Jeff, I love how about it. you? This scene. Well, you see, I kind of feel like the pacing in this volume just didn't do it as well as the last volume for me. Uh-huh. So things that were happening in the last volume that affected stuff in this one, just I, I kind of had to really think back to what happened in the previous volume and uh it just seemed like for for this as a volume of of these chapters together right it just seemed a little disjointed because they were referring they were referring a lot to the previous chapter you know a lot was happening in that one and i had to try and remember it you know and, and it's not like the fact that we had a month between the, the volumes because you know just imagine somebody picking this up for the first well me right somebody yeah, picking up exactly. for the first time having to you know wait months before the next one comes out and it's like you know I, I pretty much kind of feel like if I had read the previous chapter with this one I probably would have had a better reaction to it okay you know because I kind of feel like the uh, it's Piccolo's death that we're talking about yeah at this point I mean you know I, I felt kind of bad but then Piccolo goes into that speech where he's like only now have I have I seen the beauty and things and blah 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 that whole thing really like that no because if you know because i i didn't have that previous volume to look back on like uh-huh. it wasn't fresh in my mind so it just seemed like you know what is he referring to or you know it just okay sort of, it I seemed a that. little hammy you know i but think so too i i kind of feel like it was just a little overwrought whereas like i just said in the previous deaths the series the tv series was more overwrought than the manga now it's the other way around to be fair we didn't show you the piccolo's death it's actually very very close what's interesting is the way the chapter ends and episode ends at that exact same moment as well and so it's kind of continued at the beginning of the next episode hmm. which is really strange to do with you know such a dramatic piece in the TV version right but you know it just happened to work out that way you know in retrospect I might agree that Piccolo's little not monologue but the way he's talking here, his, he's his dying going, speech you know it's you know what I, I don't know that I think it's entirely appropriate I mean, I have seen that Piccolo has begun to change a little bit. Yeah. But he's not Uncle Piccolo from the Boo Saga yet. And this dialogue, I don't know. Now that I've been doing it beginning to end here, I don't know that I would really expect Piccolo to come out with that. Right. Well, I, I mean, would, because remember, a year has passed. Yeah. To us, it feels really quick, but true. for those two to be out hanging together in the woods and in the wastelands. Hey, I they mean, were only together for six months. His memory was like, you go live. True, and true. And then I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's more fresh in my mind than the times that they were actually training together. And the only things that really sort of packed the, the, the scene home for me is, I don't know where it was, but I remember seeing the scene somewhere in the anime where they were both climbing up mountains. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, that's not anywhere Wait, in this Piccolo and Gohan? Yeah. Yeah, Piccolo, they're, they're training and he knocks Gohan down a mountain. Gohan's got to climb back. Oh, you know what? Because someone sent an email because Gohan's doing that. Yes, uh, that's, it was part of the email. Is, mm-hmm. that the, is that what it's called, Julian? Yeah. Yeah, where they have to go back and forth. At least Gohan's trying to get it out of him. Gohan's climbing back up the mountain. So, yeah. Yeah, so okay. like scenes like that, it, it really it helped to bring the emotion in. But okay. just talking about the pacing of this manga, because I didn't have that reference to what happened before, I didn't really okay. feel all that much. So no, Going off of that, yeah. I actually feel like this volume was pretty rushed. There's a lot crammed into the these chapters and I don't know that we really got the chance to maybe it's because I just redrag them all so fast because it cruises along you know there's so much action going on I'm so ready to turn the page on it but I do think it was far too many deaths one after another yeah I think in that respect it was a lot of stuff going on in a way though I kind of feel that that's that's warranted because of just how powerful the enemies are exactly in what I'm saying. they're really trying to drive home the fact that Napa is that much so what about it one. feels too fast yeah. then if it's not the deaths it just seems like panel their lives next panel they're dead yeah like there's well yeah that's pretty much what i'm saying 
I don't know. Something about it. Just, so do you like it or not like it? I like it. I think I prefer the TV version of a lot of this stuff because those scenes are extended. Like so you like filler. Well, it gives it a, it gives Maybe? it a time to it gives time for the feeling to sink in. Know, to sink in exactly. Yeah. Like it gives you time to sort of think about just the implications of what's going on here. I mean, what I really like about that rushed feeling that you're talking about is uh-huh. that you feel the doom at least. Yes, yeah. you do. You feel that there's this ominous thing that finally there's this big hunky bad thing. Thing that's you know crushing down it it actually uh brings that emotion to a head here which you don't really get in a lot of the other manga you just get like oh shit something bad's happening but no this is like oh crap this is really bad you know we've had piccolo daimo before who was you know really really strong and killing characters but we always had goku there training he's gonna be it's very similar where goku's been training he's coming back but at this point like they're dropping like flies yeah because goku's not there yeah all right. Julian, I'm going to turn it way back over to you because we've been going on a little bit. Yeah. Anything else in particular in this volume that sticks out to you that you want to jump off on? Um, just the fact that you really get the impression, finally, that uh, Vegeta is much stronger than Nappa. I mean, oh, yeah. You kind of get that from early on, just the way that Vegeta seems to be the brains of the operation. But particularly the thing that you know always kind of stuck out to me was when Vegeta yells for Nappa to stop and Nappa. And he has to do it twice. Yeah. Oh, that annoyed me. I was like, no, go do it, do it, do it. Who cares? Leave him. <laughs> Shut up. It. Fuck him, do it. Jeff, you're a bastard. <laughs> oh, I just, I hated it. Oh, sorry. It gets to the point, well, you realize that Nappa is afraid of Vegeta. Yeah, totally. That's not a good thing. <laughs> I love how you just want them dead, Jeff. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but like, you know, it's just like, stop it, Nappa. You're like, no, don't stop. Keep going. Just, just punch him. Whatever. Get angry. I really like that, though, because Vegeta's actually got a scream there for him to stop and now it's just like sorry I'll stop now we do we're learning about Vegeta a lot more here uh, Julian Yu is brains of the operation that pretty good there because uh, we have things like everyone saying Goku's name and after a couple times Vegeta starts to catch on he's like hey wait a second that's Kakarot that you're talking about right oh you what come on he couldn't beat Raditz but Fine, we'll wait around a little bit just to humor you. I love how he's being a total arrogant bastard about it the whole time. We had scenes before, like him saying, you know, pick up that trash over there to cut it in. And now we get, all right, we'll wait three hours for your friend to come back. It doesn't matter, but we'll do it anyways. He's just a total badass about it. He's showing his complete control over the situation, which I think is really neat. I actually kind of want to talk about the attacks a little bit. Please. There are lots of, well... I wouldn't say lots of new ones. We have at least one new one and then versions of what you got. Right. I was just kind of wondering uh, the naming scheme of these attacks. I know they've they've shown up before. Sure. I, don't, I don't think we've talked about any of these, though. Are there any sort of uh, uh, English transliterations for any of these? Like the, the sure, Kikoho? Sure, let's go through or, them. Yeah. The Kikoho we've seen before. Tenshinan used that back at the Tenkaichi Budokai. So this time he has a one-handed version, which may contribute to the fact that you know it killed him. When it was first introduced, we did know that it was an attack that could kill its user, and we actually saw that take place here. Julian, how would you break down Kikoho? Kikoho is, well, Kiho is like Chikong, like that martial art kind of thing, and Ho is cannon or shot, like a, so Chikong Pao or Kikoho is like a spirit, like a cultivation of the spirit through a cannon, so he's like sending out his life energy through his hands. Okay, that makes sense. The other new attack we have here is the Kienzan. Yes. Jeff, you probably recognize the key part of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same energy. Julian, break down the rest for me. Uh, Kienzan. So basically, uh, the key is uh, key that we've been over before. N is a circle, and Zan is what the slicing whirly blade thing. So it's pretty much a literal description of what it is and what it does. I don't have the kanji in front of me this time, so. Fine. 
Other attacks we have here, uh, I always remember this one. There's actually a name for the attack that Nappa uses where he lifts up his two fingers. It's called the Bakahatsuha, which is basically <laughs> explosion. <laughs> so, explosion much wave. It, right? <laughs> so, again, a literal description of what it is. Hmm. Mary, I'm going to come over to you briefly. This is something you mentioned to me, and that's Toriyama's art style. It's um starting to get a little bit more angular, but not too much. It's still retaining a little bit of its roundness. You know what really uh, brought this out to me is when Goku first landed, and it's kind of a, a full-page spread, just a shot of Goku full body. He's short and stocky. He looks very much like his, you know, 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai incarnation. But he's a little buffer. But it's in between these two art styles. It's, it's neat at the same time as it's being a little weird. Julian, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's still a little bit roundish, but it's getting towards the angular style. But yeah, everybody's way too bulky. I think at some point he kind of realized that if he continued along the same path, they just get way too big muscles, and I almost feel like during the Cell arc, that's something he played with intentionally. That's very true. We had a lot of muscle-specific forms that... You think that was just him playing around, see if he could go that route and kind of turn it into Fist of the North Star and then decided not to? I'm not really sure. To me, it kind of thinks almost a justification for why suddenly they're getting stronger but not showing it in terms of muscle mass. Right. Well, see, this is what would happen if I did that. That's very true. I guess we'll have to talk about that in a couple of years when we get up to the cell arc. <laughs> I actually have a pretty uneducated question here. Please. Um, is Am I to believe Goku's crotch is at his belly button, or do they really <laughs> put the belts way too high on those suits? Again, Toriyama's art style is uh, changing and evolving over time. So. Yeah, okay. I was going to say Goku either Goku wears has, high pants. Like those are really, I really long legs. You know, He's not very stylish. He pulls his pants up as far as they'll go. <laughs> Whatever. He's just missing the glasses and, and some DVDs beside him, you know. Anyone oh. have any other specific things you want to get to? Is I want to talk predictions with Jeff uh, last months and current ones, but anyone have anything else? Is This volume is so fast and there's so much going on, I actually don't know what to say about it. I have think? a very minor thing that kind of gets exaggerated as Please. a big thing to me. Uh, Vegeta crushes his visor. The scouter, Jeff. Scouter? Yeah, yeah, right. Yes, he does. What yeah. about it? I, I, when I saw that, I was just like, oh, shit, this is, this is pretty bad oh, stuff shit, right here. Oh, shit, now it's going down. Yeah, like, because, you know, they're, they're wearing it, they're gauging everything, and they're like, there's no need for this anymore. Right. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is, this is good. Well, it kind of brings in this concept of these villains are seeing that the Earthlings can, you know, go up and down with their power. It's not a set thing. And that's going to come back to bite a couple people later on down the road. So they're laying the seeds for what Toriyama's going to do later on. Yeah, so I'm actually, gonna... I was going to say, I'm very curious about that. Like, how how do you keep a constant power level? Of course, I mean, being human, it's sort of easy for us to, you know, know how you can fluctuate in emotion and all that. Right. Talking about male PMS earlier, I think that helps too. <laughs> but right. Oh, dear. When you talk about the Saiyajin, do they stay angry all the time? Is that what I'm led to believe? <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, then. <laughs> As we get on down the road, Vegeta will chill out a little bit, sit on a rock occasionally, be a little angsty, but, you know, he'll deal. Right. Julian, you got anything you want to hit? I think that's pretty much it for this volume. There's more stuff going down next time. Oh, hells yeah. Mary, what about you? Anything? I actually think I like this volume more than the last one, and I really like the last one, too. Yeah? Yeah. 
All right. Jeff, let me take it to predictions with you. Last month, you said there's going to be lots of death and destruction, and Goku is going to show up at the end. Yes. And there was lots of death and destruction, and Goku showed up at the end. Yeah, but I think, wasn't I wrong about something? I know I was wrong about something major. Oh, I know what it was. What's that? I said it was going to be two days. It was oh. not two days. No, it's pretty fast. No, that, that was like, what, four hours? Yeah, Goku makes it back pretty fast. I mean, they do give the three hours, but Kaio thought it was going to take him two days to get back. He flew on down there. Yeah, don't underestimate Goku, man. Yeah. Uh, well, I have to make my first prediction to say that uh, that Kamisama will still be dead, and I will be very happy because of that. All right. Because uh, I hated that guy. Um, <laughs> other things, you know, uh, unfortunately, because I've seen Cell Saga, I know Vegeta is still there. Like, he's there. Uh-huh. So he, well, can't die, but I mean. Well, you don't know that because we have Dragon Balls, so things can happen. Right. But, well, no, we don't because Kamisama's dead. Aren't the Dragon Balls supposed to disappear? Fair enough. Oh, you, you do have a good point. So, so what are they going to do? Right. Although, see, they brought up that point in the last volume, and they were they just kind of threw it aside and said, no, don't worry about that. Or I forget. What exactly what it was, but they just said no. Th- th- there's still ways. Don't worry. Right. But so we didn't. Direction. Yeah, we we didn't get any any clarification on that. So I would probably say as you're looking at the volume. Yeah, um, so I'm skimming through it to see where it goes up to. <laughs> I, I I of course still think Goku's alive, and as for the state of Vegeta, I I'm gonna guess that I I don't think Goku would kill him. He didn't kill the last boss. He didn't. Or boss, look at me. I'm talking Napa. like video game speak. <laughs> Well, Goku not, did not kill the mid boss. Well, not not Nappa per se, but he didn't kill Piccolo. Right. He gave him a sensu bean at the end too. Like right, even right. further accentuating that he doesn't kill people. He has like a sort of Batman thing going on almost. Not that he hasn't, because he has. Right. You know, a lot of people actually bring this up. Who's Goku actually killed over the course of the series? They kind of forget about Dragon Ball, where Goku killed a couple people. Oh yeah, like Piccolo Daimo flying through his chest, like he kind of killed him. All right. So you think Goku is not going to kill Vegeta? I I don't think so. See, I think uh, the way that he's matured as a character, he stops himself from okay. fully going that route. So I think uh, Vegeta's not going to die. You know, the last time something like this happened, I think there was some kind of outside influence, some, some deus ex machina to help with that. Uh, I can't, I don't think something like that's going to happen again here. it's all just going to be internal? Yeah. Be resolved with I, I think it's characters. just going to all roll out, basically. You know, there's not going to be anything hidden about it. But yeah, I'd say that, that'd be the, the brunt of it right there. Alright, that's yeah. good enough. Cool. Fine, that's going to wrap it up. We will uh, see you next month, Jeff, with Volume 20 of the manga, DBZ Volume 4. Sweet. That's all I got for the topic here, so we're going to move on. Julian, we're up to you now. Julian, DBZ ABCs, we're up to Seoul. Yes, so what I want to discuss this week is something that we call Song. Ah, you know what? Let us briefly skip ahead then, because we have an email, so why don't we use this email as your DBZ ABCs? Okay. So, Jeff, yes, I'm going to scroll down here. We're mixing up this episode. It doesn't matter. That's why podcasts are awesome. We can do whatever the hell we want to do. You're going to read an email for DBZ ABCs. <laughs> We're out of control. We're out of control. <laughs> this one comes to us from Rachel. All right. Well, Rachel says, hello, everyone at Dizenshu EX. I was looking back at some of the older Ask Dizenshu EX questions, and one reminded me of something that I never understood. I warn you, this may be a long question, dot, dot, dot. So, firstly, there are not very many people on the show that have family names. You can assume 
some people's names like Bulma could be called Bulma Brief because her father is Dr. Brief, but not very many people are given such possibilities. Yet Son is generally accepted by fans to be Goku's family name. Why is this? I mean, Son Goku is the Japanese equivalent of Son Wukong, and I thought this was a two-part personal name. So thinking that Son Goku, Son Gohan, and Son Goten are their personal names, I find that everyone, and I mean everyone, lists Son as the family name. Even in the actual canon continuity, Goten wears a shirt with Goten Son on it. So is Son an actual family name, or is it just what is taken as one? And if so, why should they have a family name when no one else in the show seems to be given one officially? Or am I just being stubborn? Arg, here's hoping that I actually wrote that clearly enough to be answered. Thank you for doing what you do and being good at it. Hoping for your next podcast, Rachel. So Julian, give me Son. Let me start out by explaining the origins of Son. Son itself means uh, descendant or grandson. Now this goes back to Journey to the West when the handsome Monkey King, who has yet to actually receive a name, goes to receive training from a Tao... I think it's a Tao master, isn't it? I think so. Been a little while. Yes, but... He's out in the woods somewhere. He's got a whole bunch of people. He's got this little monastery. To become his disciple, he kind of needs a name. So the guy kind of goes through this whole thing about giving him a name. And it's kind of made up of two parts. And the way that you kind of get the impression that part of it is his, like, his disciple name and part of it is his, just the given name that they'll give him arbitrarily. The son part actually comes from a pun in that there's a Chinese... Chinese word called husun, which refers to a kind of monkey. And basically what they did is they took the second part of that word and lopped off the animal portion of the character, and what they were left with just meant descendant or grandson. And they took that. And um, now, going over to Dragon Ball, I think it appears that what Toriyama did is he kind of went along that theme, and he decided that Son Goku was the kid's name, and that Son was basically the surname. After all, he was adopted by the elder Son Gohan, which is also a pun on rice, and so he's called Son Goku, and then when he has kids, his kids are called Son Gohan and Son Goten. So it seems to be that Son is indeed the family name, at least within the Dragon Ball continuity. Now, I don't believe that the Monkey King actually has kids in Journey to the West, so that's kind of a moot point anyway. So what are your thoughts, Mike? That's pretty much... (laughs) I don't have anything else to say about that. It seems to be the family name. Do we see anything like Son Shishi anywhere in the series? I don't think so. So. No, but they, there's also no acknowledgement of the idea in the Dragon Ball universe that a wife would take her husband's name. Right, absolutely. We have things like Dr. Brief and then Bulma's mother who doesn't actually have a name, Bruluma Nohaha, so... Yes. Or is it Mama? Uh, I've seen both. Oh, okay. Um, what about Dr. Brief? We don't see anything like Bulma Brief, we just have her name. That's correct. And there's definitely nothing like Trunks Brief or Trunks Briefs. It, In the dove there is. It's Brief, right? There's It's Brudifu, not Brudifusu. I thought it was Briefs. That's correct. That's what do I know? All right. I, you explained what Sone is, where it came from. I don't think I have anything else. Jeff, do you have any questions about Sone? That cleared my head so much. That makes perfect sense now. Cool. Mary, what about you? Wasabi. Oh, yes. <laughs> I am now enlightened. You are enlightened. <laughs> Actually, that makes a lot of sense with Sone Wukong. She is enlightened to the emptiness of all things. That's right. See what we did? We made a joke about a name. You maintain the balance in all things. That's right. All right, that's DBZ ABCs for this week. Julian, Sasi Su Say So, what's next? Ta. Ta. Yes. Lots of stuff with that. I look forward to it. Okay. So with that done, it's time for releases. 
Mary, start me off. September 16th, Tuesday. What do we got? All right. There's a lot of stuff coming out this day. First of all, here there is this big Dragon Ball Volume 2. Covers graphic novels 4 through 6. Goes through Tenkaichi Budokai to General Blue. 18 bucks. Get it on Amazon for cheap. That's right. Jeff. Yes. Your favorite thing in the world. Uh, Funimation sets. What is it? Great. Well, we have here Season 6, Cell Game, uh, released by Funimation, uh, the quote-unquote remastered edition. It's uh, MSRP'd at $49.98. You can pre-order at Amazon for $29.99. Julian, what was your phrase last week? Oh. Uh, Dolled up like a whore? Yeah, something like that. I like it. <laughs> uh, uh, Julian, like... <laughs> finish off the 16th. Okay, now this is again from Funimation. Dragon Ball Z Movies 3 and 4, double feature. It is the quote-unquote remastered with widescreen, etc. Now, the widescreen is not such a huge deal with these since they were originally designed to be shown in a widescreen format. They were animated full frame as though on a TV screen, but just matted for the theatrical release. So this is not a tragedy, although the remastered is enough to give us pause. Uh, anyhow, the DVD is available for $29.98, manufacturer's suggested retail price, uh, but for, uh, for $20.99 over at Amazon. And it's also available on Blu-ray, $34.98 MSRP or $22.95 pre-order at Amazon. Righto. Moving on over to Europe, we got some stuff going on in Spain, September 17th. Dragon Ball GT Volume 5 and Dragon Ball Z Volume 25. These are the Spanish R2 PAL releases. That GT is La Saga de Baby, 33-40. And the Z is 200-207. That's uh, the beginning of the Boo arc. La Saga de Boo, Great Dosayaman. Zona DVD.com, $24.95 euros each. Pick it up. But Julian, one more thing this month. It's the final account. Oh, sorry. <coughs> sorry, Asia, uh, Europe. You know. Anyway, yes, yes. Uh, September 18th, Thursday. Dragon Ball DS for... Japanese Nintendo DS. It's an action-adventure game similar to Zelda DS. It's $48.90 on PlayAsia. It looks like the American version is coming on November 4th. Aw, so far away. Oh, no, you get to pick it up that next fits. week. We gotta wait forever. Oh, that's nothing. Nope. What do you mean that's nothing? That's like two months, whatever. <laughs> we gotta wait. It's not like up. you don't have video games to play. <laughs> oh, like, I gotta wait for Rock Band 2 for God knows how long on the uh, PS2. Fair enough. Alright, that's it for releases. We'll take it back over to an email. Well, we answered one from Rachel earlier in the episode, so let's do one here from Eloise, or Eloise. What do you think? Eloise. Alrighty, Mary, why don't you read it? She writes, Dear Mary, Mike, Julian, and whoever else may be present. Hi. Hi there, Eloise from South Wales, UK, here. Love the podcast. I've been listening for around two years now, I think. Keep up the good work. Kissy face. This actually has nothing to do with Dragon Ball, but related to last week's podcast, 145. As a random piece of knowledge I've lodged in my head from late secondary school chemistry, pig iron is is a direct result of reducing or smelting, aka the process of turning iron ions into iron atoms, iron ore in a blast furnace before all impurities are filtered out. Sorry I couldn't resist answering that one. Also, I'm looking forward to the manga review of Awesomeness. Wish you all good luck in the future, and especially Julian with his upcoming exam. Well, there we go, Julian. Oh, last yes. week, you're talking about kanji you have to learn. I had no idea what the hell pig iron was, and yes. now I know. Why is yeah, it called too. a pig? Yeah, why is it called a pig? Why is it on the Joyo kanji list? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the real question here. Have you learned uh, the kanji yeah. yet? Like, do you actually yes. know it if you see it? Well, yeah, it's it's just the the metal radical, you know, gold, keen. 
uh-huh. plus sake or sen, like sensei. Oh, really? One kanji. Yeah, so it's easy to remember. It's just why, why the hell do I have to learn it? <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. Well, you know what? Now you're never going to forget it. Yeah, pretty much. The efforts. All right. I, uh, you missed this. I, I just turned around because Joy's behind me. Uh-huh. Uh, she's actually had experience with smelting. Oh, really? And I just asked her if she knew anything of what pig iron was, and she was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It was high, uh, okay, apparently it was high school. High school was a long time You did ago. smelting in high school? God damn. Exactly 10 years ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that's it for emails because we did one earlier in the show. Mary, if people want to send questions, comments, all that stuff. It's- send them on over to podcast at IZX.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Awesome. That's the end of the episode. Thank you all for joining us. We have lots of cool stuff for you coming up next week, AWA. Briefly, we're going to be down in Atlanta. The three of us that are on the same mixer will be down there. We got a panel on Friday, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Cool, so you can come check that out over in the VAT, the video art track, if you're going to the con. Come say hello. We'll have some cool stuff to show. Um, Mary, you doing Iron Editor? Yep. So that's Saturday night? Indeed. You'll be making a video in two hours? Yes. We'll be running I contests, need a song. Giving away. I uh, thought you were pretty sold on what you need. I have it narrowed down to two, and they might not work. They might suck, but we'll see. All right, I'm looking forward to that. What's the actual theme called? Here what, Comes the Bride. Here Comes the Bride. Nice. <laughs> you going to wear a veil the whole yes, time? Yes, I am. Oh, I have it right here. I'm looking at it. Looking forward to it. Jeff? Yes. Let's get rid of you first. Okay. You got stuff to plug, though. Yes, I do. I'm hoping I will have everything out tomorrow. That is excellent, because that means that our VG Convos episode will be up and online for us to check out, right? That's right, episode three. But that wouldn't be the only thing. Nope. It's all exported, and everything's there, and I have a place for it. I just got to actually put it up. Yep, so uh, VGCONVOS if you want to check that out. Yep, that's episode three of VG Convos. You're there. Andrew's there. Our buddy Bryce is there. Good times. Good times. We also have uh, a bit more of a personal project for you, Mike. Yes, something I'm starting up whenever the hell I feel like it. You know, VG Convos is approximately once a month. This is going to be approximately whenever the hell I feel like doing something. No set schedule, no set topic, whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it, whoever I want to do it with and on. Ew. Um, <laughs> um, I hope you clean up after yourself yeah. afterwards. <laughs> a little vacuuming, a little Windex, whatever. <laughs> uh, I settled <laughs> on a title for it. I am indeed calling it WTFEX. Yes! <laughs> Excellent. Yep. It's a new podcast, I guess you could say. Jeff, I recorded episode one with you a while ago. It's right. all done, ready to go up. Sweet. It's basically going to be any random topics that come up into my head that I want to talk about with people because I love actually having face-to-face conversations with people about this random nonsense. You and I talked about project and time management and talked for an hour and didn't actually manage our time and didn't really have a formal conclusion on anything. Mike, no. you're kind of failing at your sales pitch. I know. You're making me not want to listen to this. <laughs> we had a really good time, though, and we talked about some pretty cool stuff. It's full of hot chicks and beer and yes. plenty of explosions. I'll be there. <laughs> Brought to you by Michael Bay. <laughs> oh, man. Now I just lost interest all over again. <laughs> Damn it. So that's actually going to be over on something I've had up for a while, haven't really done a whole lot with, but it's there. The G 
GWEX.com. That's going to be my central place for whatever's going on. You know, links to Dizenshu EX, links to VG Combos, links to this WTFEX. Uh, I got my blog over there. I've got Twitter linked over there. So definitely check all that out. I'll link it all with this episode, homepage, show notes, that kind of stuff. But Jeff, you were there for that episode. Yes. So right now, um, you've listened to a little bit over an hour, I think, of Jeff talking with us about this stuff. If you enjoy Jeff, there's like three or four or five or ten more hours of Jeff material out there to listen to. Yeah, it's a podcast about yeah. Mike, and I end up speaking most of it. <laughs> Good time. If Very you like brilliant. my voice, there's plenty of that to go around. That's right. So Jeff will check you out all those various places occasionally. Yes, check me out a lot, please. <laughs> all right, later, man. <laughs> See ya. Uh, Mary. Yes. You, Templo Trunks. Yes, just mm. renewed from <laughs> not dying on the internet. <laughs> Every year I get through the renewal process. I'm like, do I really want to renew Templo Trunks? It's I like, know, I can't like, not let it a go. one to one year basis. It's like, God, because I get to, I look at the prices and it's like, you can save 50% if you renew for the next 10 years. I'm like, do I really want to drop 100 bucks right now? Do you realize the, the kind of like telemarketing and, you know, uh, the kind of foundation, like uh, you could raise money for this. This could be a benefit auction. True. Save yeah. Templar right. Trunks. Save Templar I got to like throw, put myself on the pity pot like I next will... year. I'll be like, hey, oh. site's going to die in a week unless you give me a hundred bucks. I will get Jerry Lewis to host <laughs> nice. this thing. It'll We're going to awesome. do this next year. Donate via nice. PayPal. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Keep TOT It's alive. like, give me my motivation. Sweep out the cobwebs. Exactly. Too, for an extra five cents. Really? Anyway, TemplarTrunks.com. T-E-M-P-L-E-O-T-R-U-N-K. Now featuring updates from April. <laughs> so in addition to that, you're here every week. You'll be down in Atlanta. Yes. I'll be kind of gone, but I'll be in Atlanta. Get married next month. Yes. Five weeks. How's that going? I'm going to be Mrs. EX. <laughs> Marrying the most Terrifying. awesome guy on the planet. That, mean? <laughs> that, means, that means if you write if you write up Miss Mrs. EX, it's gonna look like Mr. Sex. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> 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 okay, I think I'm gonna leave now. Can I get my new avatar like everywhere I go? <laughs> oh, I, I wanna end the episode, but I gotta say goodbye to Julian. <laughs> Damn it. Bye, bye. Julian, why can't you be that funny? <laughs> he is that funny. I am that funny. Oh, alright, be funny. Dance, monkey. Uh, you uh, and me. Dies and Chewy X. We're just yep. here. Whatever. Yeah, we're at HTTP colon slash slash www.daizx.com, which is daizx.com. That is correct. Now featuring updates from last week. Got you beat, Mary. That you do. The uppers. It's not hard. My updates have a vintage, you know? <laughs> At the fester for a long like time, a so we can retain wine. its flavor. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's more, it's more like milk than wine. I think. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Julian. <laughs> That's right. That's the joke. We'll end it there. All right. So uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, we'll be in Atlanta. Come see us in Atlanta for no other reason other than we'll do cool things. We'll try to have a CD review for you next week. Check out VG Combos. Check out all this other stuff. For Jeff over here. That's me. It was slightly delayed. That wasn't very engaging. That I didn't a, even that, expect that. That, that, that. That's me. No, you should be like, that's me. Yeah. And again, for Jeff over here. Yeah. Taking a crap in my chair over here. For Mary over here. Yeah. Mr. Sex. <laughs> Mr. Sex. <laughs> for Julian off in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that leaves me. The Mr. Mr. Sex. <laughs> Mike, Vegito EX. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
I said you EX the podcast. Thanks for listening to us this week. Check us back next week. Later. It's the final countdown. Do not sing that. This one's so bad. Don't Sorry. Believing. How about that? No, no, no. I, I was singing a song by Europe. You understand? No, no. no. We're trying to change the song. Yeah, we're okay. changing it to a different one. <laughs> okay. What the journey? Yes. Yes. Long story. <laughs> it involves bachelor party. We could take a journey to Asia. <laughs> oh my God. That's oh God. Bad. No, no, not going there. <laughs> All right. Calm and collected. Uh-oh. Calm and collected.